Hello everyone, welcome to Chasing the Light. Thank you so much for listening again this week. Today I'm going to be sharing about my birthday week and it included a trip to Philadelphia for my 90-day post-op recovery appointments. So I will start with my birthday. It was really, really special. I turned 35 on Wednesday, December 13th. And because we had to travel to Philadelphia that day, I celebrated early with my grandparents and Zach and the boys um, the night before. And we had gone out to dinner and then we came back to the house and we had the traditional Dairy Queen ice cream cake that I get every year. And it was just a really special time. They all spoiled me, definitely. Um, the boys had picked out little presents to give to me and cards, and their cards were really sweet and cute. And Zach made a really, really sweet memory book of like a photo album. And it kind of encompassed everything that we had done since my last birthday. So I just flipped through those pages and just was reminded of all the trips that we had gone on and just everything that had happened over the past year since last December. And it was really neat to see it all in one place rather than just kind of scrolling through old albums on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. It was neat to see them in a book form. I, I've never been given anything like that before so that was super sweet and thoughtful and he had gotten me um two throw pillows for our couch with one from a picture of all of us and then one a picture of the boys and just some really neat little things like a, a little candle that I'm burning currently right now um a lavender haze which is like one of Taylor Swift's song and you know Taylor Swift's my favorite singer and we share the same birthday so just a lot of sweet thoughtful gifts that he had given to me and my grandparents of course they've they've always spoiled me and um you know we just had a really nice evening there and then the next day we went to Philadelphia and I didn't have any appointments on my actual birthday. So we left after lunchtime that day and we traveled up there because we wanted to get there in time. We wanted to have a little bite to eat and then go see if we could find some of the Christmas lights in the city. So we got up there probably closer to 3.30, 4 o'clock and we checked into our hotel and we stayed in a really nice hotel um for those of you who may be newer to listening to the podcast journal when i go to philadelphia for my clinical trial everything is paid for through the sponsor of the clinical trial opus genetics so basically they book the hotel we kind of say whereabouts we want to be and this time we wanted to be in center city because that's where you know, a lot of the touristy things are like the shops and the Christmas lights and all of those types of things. So usually we had been staying in University City, which is closer to the hospitals where I go and have my appointments and everything. But this time we wanted to be a little closer to the touristy things. And they put us in a hotel called The Canopy, which is by Hilton, but it's like one of their little boutique hotels. And it was so neat. It was like very contemporary 
you know, just everything was so random in terms of decor, like nothing matched. And as Zach said, nothing matches, but everything matches. And I was like, yeah, I look around here and like nothing makes sense, which makes everything look <laughs> make sense. So um, it was cool. It was very nice and clean and um, really good location for us to walk everywhere, which we love to do whenever we're in Philadelphia, take advantage of being in the city and not driving a car and just getting to take in everything that's around us as we're walking around the city. So we found lots of lights. We went to City Hall after we went to Honey Grow, which is a really nice little um, restaurant. It, it's it's more of like a Chipotle style restaurant. Like you can sit down there, but a lot of people take out. It's not really, I wouldn't consider it a sit down restaurant, but we like it. We've eaten there another time that we were in Philadelphia at a different location in the city. And they have good like salads and stir fry and create your own things. So we did that first. And then we walked to City Hall. We saw the big Christmas tree, which was beautiful. We got our picture taken there. And we saw um, the Christmas Village, which is like a little German market that has all these cute little stands. And it's all decorated and illuminated with Christmas lights and just sells all types of different things, ornaments, t-shirts, food, anything you could think of. And it's kind of spread out, you know, around City Hall and around some other locations that are nearby. So we saw that and we saw the double-decker, um, oh my goodness, what is this thing's called? The little, the merry-go-round type thing. I don't know if that's what it's called, but um, we did that, the carousel. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of that. So we saw that and the Ferris wheel lights and um, we got some really cool pictures and we went to the ice skating rink, but we didn't ice skate. Um, we just took some pictures just of the different lights around it and um, went through like a, a tree garden, like a lighted tree garden with all kinds of different themed Christmas trees and um, then we walked to Franklin Square and they had like a synchronized Christmas tree light show that we watched and um, Zach got some hot chocolate and I got some hot cider. It was like a cranberry apple cinnamon and it literally had a cinnamon stick in it, which I didn't discover until the end of it. And I was like, Zach, I think there's like a real cinnamon stick in here. And like, so I kept hearing this rattling in there and I was like, oh my gosh, it was so good though. And we did a lot of walking that day. Like Franklin Square was probably about 20 minutes away from where we were at City Hall and, you know, our hotel and everything. So then we had a nice hike back and, but the weather was beautiful. I mean, it was not windy there, but it was like chill, but not super, super cold that you're like miserable or needed gloves or anything. It was how it should have been for, you know, that type of, that time of year and, um, you know, Christmas time looking at lights and stuff. So we had a lot of fun doing that and being there on my birthday, even though, you know, I, I usually spend that time with the boys and Zach and, um, Mamma and Pup Pup. We did that the day before. So I didn't feel so terrible that I had to travel on my actual birthday. So the next morning, which would have been Thursday morning, I started off with virtual reality and as I was going through the virtual reality course, 
I was kind of struggling to see like the illuminated path because there are like arrows on the floor whenever you're looking through the virtual reality goggles and sometimes they're really really bright and I can see them very easily but this time in particular I couldn't see them very well and I was getting a little frustrated as, as I was going through especially when it got to the point where the obstacles were appearing I knew they were there but I was more focused on trying to find the pathway because if you step off of the arrows your controllers in your hands will start to vibrate to tell you you're off the path so you know I was more focused on staying on the path I could barely see those little arrows on the floor um so I, I went through all that and went through first with the filters in the goggles and you know I thought that I was not doing well like I really did not feel confident or comfortable because the last time when I was there for my 30-day assessments I was just like rocking it and speeding through and seeing everything and just so confidently navigating throughout each obstacle course and this time it just wasn't happening like I was making it through and there were parts of it that I was going through and I literally didn't feel like I could see the step ahead of me like I and somehow I must have been seeing something just even just the slightest faintest dimmest little arrow on the floor and I was making it to the finish line and it was like just it really I, I, I just was like god you are seriously guiding me every step here because I don't feel like I'm seeing anything but I must have been and you know I did that for about two hours and at the end, I, I was I was a little bit discouraged, a little bit frustrated, like, and I was telling them that, and they're like, well, that's because we had to make it harder for you this time. You did so well the last time, and we're speeding through the last time that we had to make it more challenging. So it turned out, like, I was think sitting here thinking, like, oh my goodness, my vision, like, may have improved for the last time, but I guess it's declining this time. Like, I didn't know what to think, but... You know, they can't tell you these things ahead of time because it might skew the research if they're telling me, hey, we made it harder for you. Like, you know, it might be a little bit more challenging and they didn't do that. So here I'm thinking like I'm something's going on with my vision, but it really wasn't. It. And it come to find out that the results were like very I did very well, like I was doing much better than I actually thought I was. So that went really well after all, even though I didn't think it did. And we headed over to Shei Institute. I remained in my snowboarding goggles, which are what I wear when I'm dark adapting because I spend a lot of time dark adapting at these appointments. And we went over to Shay. I spent a little bit more dark, more time dark adapting at Shay, And then I went through my pupometry test where I you know, I have to sit in front of this big machine and put my face in and they do four series on each eyes with four different colors and the light starts out very, very dim and I have to kind of describe what I see and then, you know, it gradually gets brighter and as it gets brighter, I have to wait longer to let everything go back to normal before I have another light flashed in my eye. So that takes about two hours in total since they do four different colors per eye. And it's a lot of waiting and a lot of um, 
you know, feel like you're going to fall asleep. And this time we did it before lunch because I feel like when I have to do one of those after lunch, I get even more sleepy. And like when we would have long pauses, I would get up and kind of move around a little bit just because I, you know, I, I just don't like that's like the worst part of it for me when I'm going for these assessments is sitting for so long because I'm so active when I'm at home and really anywhere I'm just kind of bouncing off the walls all the time and when I go to these appointments I really have to concentrate I have to sit down a lot of the time um, but it definitely helped me taking these little breaks and standing up like in between those waiting periods so I did that for two hours, then we ate lunch, and then I had a visual acuity test where I was sitting and looking at a screen that was probably about three to five feet away from me, and I had talked about this from my 30-day appointment because I this that was the first time I ever did a visual acuity test like that where you have these diagonal lines and I have a controller in my hand where I have to hit one button if the diagonal lines are going one way and the other button if the diagonal lines are going the other way from corner to corner. And the lines get smaller, um, different contrasts, different colors. And one of the doctors, as they were assessing me, were kept saying that my right eye was significantly better than my left eye and I'm like oh my goodness that's so discouraging to hear like my left eye is the one that was treating why is my right eye better like why is it still better obviously it was better before because that's why we chose the eye that we chose the, the worst eye out of the two um so I was like frustrated hearing that um come to find out later there's some more context to that um but anyway, so I went through that. That took like an hour and a half because then I did it dark adapted. And when you have to dark adapt, you're usually wearing some sort of covering over your eyes for 20 to 45 minutes. And so there's a lot of waiting with that. And I stood up there because I was really like, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm already over sitting. I want to stand up. So I went through that and then I had my eyes dilated and I went to dark adapt again after that for another 45 minutes before I did my FST. So my FST is basically whenever I am, and I did five series on each eye. So I guess five different colors. I don't know. I can't tell colors that well. Um, I'm not sure which ones that they used. Um, but basically, I'm having a controller in my hand when I'm looking in the machine. You're doing one eye at a time, and you are hitting one button for yes, you see the light, or one button for no, you don't see the light. So I did that for five different rounds on each eye, and then I did it with light adapted, meaning I, I wasn't in the dark anymore. And, you know, it makes it a bit harder to see those lights whenever there's not that dark background anymore because you're just you're trying to find the light whenever it's against like a white or gray background. So don't typically do as well with that part of it. Um, and I didn't have any imaging done that day at Shea. So we got out of there around five o'clock and I had started around before nine o'clock that morning so that was an eight hour day that I had 
um, the first day. And then that, that evening, we just went and grabbed a bite to eat. And we went back to our hotel and, you know, got ready to go for the next day. Like, we talked to the boys and do all the things like that. So the next day, and, that, and that's always a long day, the next one, um, we started out at about 8.20 on Friday morning. And we started, I, I gave um, six or seven tubes of, of blood because I always have to get my blood work done when I go there. Um, did my tears and saliva and vitals and everything's still looking great in that department. Then we headed up to um, the ophthalmology department where Dr. Alamon is. And we started with uh, the BCVA where they're checking the best corrective visual acuity. And um, not much has changed there. My right eye is still better and has improved since my surgery. And my left eye has improved some since my surgery, just slightly. But my right eye has improved more since my surgery. And I'll explain more about that in a minute. Um, so then I dark adapted. Well, they did. Uh, Dr. Alleman looked in my eyes and everything said that my I, you know, looks like it never even had a surgery, is completely healed. The stitch is gone, which I knew that um, up uh, about the beginning of last week, I, I noticed that the stitch had finally either dissolved or got, you know, whatever it does, it was gone, thankfully. And I had um, immediate relief from that. And so everything looked good. My pressures were good. My retina looks great. Um, it didn't even look like I had any kind of you know, surgery on that eye. So that that's amazing because there could be a lot of things that look different in your eye after you have that type of surgery and procedure done. So after that, I started with another, I did a handheld pupillometry after I was dark adapted and, you know, basically he's flashing, Dr. Alma is flashing a light in my eye and I have periods of times where I have to um, wait in between depending on how bright the light is and then following that I, I did another pupillometry but um, looking into a machine and everything and I think we only do two series for that one as opposed to at Shea you have to I do four on each eyes so it doesn't take as long it takes maybe 45 minutes or so if if that it goes a lot quicker it seems um and then after that, I believe I did the FST, which is the same as I did at Shea, but they're looking for different things because both the, the researchers at Shea Eye Institute and um, Dr. Alleman and his group, they all work together. So it's not necessarily part of the study what I do at Shea, but it all is beneficial to Dr. Alleman as he's going through the study. So um, after I did the FST, I did the visual fields test with um, vertical visual fields test. And then we breaked, we took a break for lunch. And after lunch, we did um, the light adapted FS. No, I did imaging um, and videos of my retina. Everything is looking great. Everything's still attached. Um, you know, it just, everything looks how it should look for all of that. And then I did the, uh, light adapted visual fields test. And as I was doing that, I was like, 
felt like I was seen so much more this time with the light adapted. Like I was seeing the dots way up further away from the center than I had before and, and down below. And it kind of like aligned with what I had felt like I was being able to navigate better in my everyday life because I could see more in some of my visual fields and everything. So, um, you know, I had told him that I was like, I feel like I'm getting more this time and being light adapted where it's a little bit more tricky to, um, see the light and everything. Like I really felt like I was doing well. And Zach, you know, he sits in all these tests with me. So he thought that I was getting more as I was going through that. And then later we did confirm that, yes, I, I was, I was seeing a lot more this time than I had in baseline one, two or day 30. And then I did a light adapted FST, which I did really well with that, um, a lot better than I had done at day 30 and, of course, baseline one and two. So after doing that from like eight, I guess it was like 8.20 in the morning till about 3.30 is when I had finished up. We went in Dr. Allman's um, exam office and he did one more look into my eyes and everything, said everything was looking great. And then we were talking about kind of what we had found today. And basically they confirmed that everything that I am noticing in my everyday life is aligning with what the test results are demonstrating. And my vision has significantly improved, um, of course, since baseline one and two prior to the surgery. And... Um, since day 30 as well so I have a little bit more upper fields than I had before the surgery I'm seeing a little bit more um in my lower fields which is great because you know if you're walking along the street and there's a tree coming up and you don't see the tree and there's a branch sticking out and like you don't have upper fields like you run into it like I've been there plenty of times so if I'm getting a little bit more in my upper fields then maybe I won't run into every tree branch that's above me, or maybe I won't trip over every obstacle that's below me. And that all kind of aligns with how well I did with the virtual reality this time, because my eyes are functioning better. And Dr. Alleman had explained to me about my right eye and why <laughs> he thinks that it's improving as well is basically, yes, my left eye was treated, no, the medicine didn't go to my right eye, but because things are improving with the way that the signals are being sent to my brain from my treated eye, my overall vision has improved. And that has gone back to a brain improvement of how I'm perceiving what's in front of me and what's around me. So that's why my right eye is, you know, increasing and improving in, in vision. Um, which is amazing and it does happen at you know in different it has happened in different studies it makes Dr. Alleman's job a bit more difficult but hey it's good for me because not only is my left eye improving but my right eye is improving too because the signals are improving you know to my brain so we talked about all of that and you know just basically like I can see improvement now they don't know for sure because this is the first this is the first of the of a clinical trial for this particular disease they've done other treatments and gene therapy 
on other vision conditions similar to my condition um, within the Labor's congenital amaurosis family, um, LCA10, LCA2, um, but those diseases impact your vision in different ways. So this is the first of the LCA5, which is what I have. So they can't say for sure, but in other clinical trials, patients saw vision changes um, anywhere from day 30 to day 90 visits up until six months, and then it typically plateaus. So, you know, that's totally like I get that I, I understand I'm thankful for what I have what I have gained um, the biggest concern after that is to see if it regresses in any way in which case I'm okay with that too like obviously I have thoroughly enjoyed getting my vision improved and you know being able to recover from all of this and just you know being a part of this study it, it's been amazing um, but if for some reason my vision does end up regressing um, after the six-month point, I'm hopeful that it won't um, because I truly believe this is all in God's hands and I don't think God would put this in front of me just to take it away. Um, I don't think that's what this is, but I'm not in control of all of this. So I put all my faith and trust in whatever God has in store for my life. But um, I know that I will be resilient. That's how I roll. Like, I am resilient. I know that I, if for some reason I do lose my vision again, I'll adapt. And I will, you know, persevere and be determined to continue living a good life. I have a good life. I've lived a good life prior to this surgery, despite my blindness. Like, it will continue. Um, I'm sure I'll experience disappointment if my vision regresses. Um, but I, but I'm confident that I will rise up and I'm definitely going to be okay if it does. And that's something that they will have learned from this study. And some other encouraging news is that they have officially completed cohort one. So if you recall from previous entries when I've discussed the clinical trial, the FDA had authorized the clinical trial to be administering the treatment into humans for a three cohorts and three patients in each cohort. All three of us patients in cohort one have been dosed and the vision improvements that are happening and me are being seen and those individuals as well not the exact same way um, because all everyone's vision is different and you know they're seeing they have some other things that are happening for them and I can't get too much into all that because it's a privacy thing and just know that it is they are getting positive results as well, which is very encouraging for the researchers and investigators. And they are planning to begin cohort two um, sometime very soon within early 2024. And they would like to dose a pediatric patient, not like someone super young, like 12 yet um, because the pediatric patients they consider 12 to 18 um, that's the next group of individuals they're going to dose with the treatment 
Uh, they want to get someone closer to 18 just because of the risks associated with it because they will get a slightly higher dosing than all of us in cohort one. And then, you know, the idea is work your way a little bit younger um, to get someone a little bit closer to the, the 12 range, um, probably by the third patient in cohort two. And then cohort three will be a little bit um, broader type of investigating in terms of patients. And the goal is for the trial to continue into a phase two where all of us in cohorts one, two, and three of phase one will get our right eyes or, or well, in my case, my right eye, everyone gets the eye done, treated first, that is, you know, basically the worst eye or whichever one they prefer. So for me, it was the right eye. Um, so eventually I'll get my right eye done. Um, but so far they're showing safety in all three of us patients and efficacy that it is indeed working. And we all had the lowest dosing um, placed in our retinas. So that's good. As you get into the higher dosings, there are more risks involved, obviously, and you can have um, more chance of getting inflammation or infection. So, you know, it's just something that they have to consider as they're moving forward. But so far, it's all very encouraging. Um, I go back in March, and then I won't go back again until September. So I'm kind of now officially over the mark of um, the post-op stage, and my eye is completely healed. So praise the Lord for that. Um, I'm definitely feeling great. I'm excited going into this new year. I'm thankful for the vision that I've received from this treatment trial and like not having any type of infection or inflammation throughout. Um, it just seems like so long ago when I actually had the surgery and, you know, it was just 90 days. Um, but a lot's happened in those 90 days. A lot's happened in this past year. Um, it's, it's just a really good way to kind of close this year out, um, having this visit and, you know, to look forward to what I may gain in the next three months before I go back. Um, but if I don't gain anything, I'm totally fine with that too. Like the, I, I just wouldn't change this for anything. Like everyone asks me, like, are you glad you did it? And I'm like, yep, I'm super glad I did it. I would have been glad that I did it even if I didn't get any vision changes because again like when you feel that you're called to do something like you have to take hold of it and do it and give it all that you got and I feel like that's what I've been doing when I go up and sit through all these testings and assessments and you know I I just do the best I can to focus and be a reliable participant and you know Dr. Allen says like I am the most reliable <laughs> participant that he's ever had and um, the most consistent and um, he says <laughs> he says it's quite scary to think about how how consistent and uh, reliable that I am so it's been awesome um, we feel really like we're a part of a family and a team up there and um, you know we really 
look forward to our visits as much as we don't like to be away from home and, and the kids and Piper and everything. We do look forward to going there because they've become like family to us um, when we're away from our family. Uh, Dr. Allman said that, you know, he, I'm stuck with him until he dies. So um, we'll be continuing our visits to Philadelphia for the long term. And um, I'm just super, super excited. I'm so glad I got to share all of this with you all throughout the past six months since we started the podcast journey and since the clinical trial officially began whenever I signed consent back in the middle of June. And um, I will be taking a little break with the podcast journal until after the new year, probably the second week of January, I'll be back. Um, but I just want to take some time and really enjoy Christmas and New Year's with the family. And um, not that these take a lot of time, but that it's there's always a process to it. So um, I do want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. And thank you all so much for supporting us and loving us and praying for us throughout these past six months and I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season with your family, friends, and loved ones, and have a great rest of your day.